Hello everyone and welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Tim Petrop here with the only two twins that are gearing you up for a playoff run, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh yeah. It's been, it's us three. It's been a while since us three have been in the chairs together talking to each other. Were you getting the best of the Petrop brothers fantasy brains? And we are bringing it's been that a while. to you. It's been a while and... We have a very special announcement. We teased it yesterday as we did the Thursday show yesterday. If you have not checked that out, go back. Jason and I previewed the Thursday show. But today we have the first half and the second half. We have a special announcement before we start. The special announcement is that during the fantasy playoffs, week 14, 15, and 16, we will be going live on Twitter. That's right, L-I-V-E on Twitter answering your questions. Usually we just tweet your questions, but we will still be... We will still have access to your questions via Twitter. We will still be answering them via Twitter like we always do, but we'll also have a discussion about the questions. We'll also be bringing up things that we want to go over um, for each game, um, some random questions. Uh, We're just going to be having a fantasy conversation before your playoff game, uh, probably starting around 11.30, until 12.30, 12.45. I don't want to give it like a strict one-hour time frame because maybe some days it's going to be longer. Um... But yeah, come check that out. If you don't follow us already, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Again, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter to get the live, um, the live feed True. on on Sunday morning to gear you up for your fantasy playoffs. Uh, speaking of gearing up for their fantasy playoffs, we have our week fourteen. That's right, week fourteen, baby. Preview, and it starts now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Tell me not, guys. When we do live drafts, I, I feel like now that we've been doing this, we've been going live. Usually we only go live week 16. This week we this year we have expanded to 14, 15 and 16, but nothing puts me in the holiday season like playoff fantasy football. For some reason for me, it's congruent. Holidays, fantasy football, playoffs is just it's just one big smash together. Maybe we should uh each wear an ugly Christmas sweater each week. I know I have a couple. I don't have 3, but I could try my best. Yeah, you could I- recycle them. Wear them twice. It's okay. I don't know. It's every Sunday. If we're going to have like a theme, then people are going to be concentrating on our clothing. And if you recycle, <laughs> that's a little, eh, eh. Reduce, reuse, baby. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm down shows with... that were environmentally sound. Wearing <laughs> the same sweater two weeks in a row does not show that you are environmentally sound. It shows that you're dirty. Strong. Tim, to get to your original sentiment, I'm going to politely disagree. Because Christmas music is clearly what brings in the holidays more than anything else. <sighs> me, and, true. me and Jason have had vehement disagreements about Christmas music. <laughs> Yo, Tim. I am not a big Christmas music guy. I just, I'm, I'm never a guy who wants to hear the same songs every year over and over again. Let's get some new blood in there. That's all I'm asking. Let's get some new Christmas songs. There are new songs. You just don't want to listen to them. John Legend dropped a banger last year. He did. Hold that's, on. But was it fact. was it his version of a Christmas song or was it a no, brand it's new, a new brand new song? Oh, okay. All right. Maybe you know. Maybe Fire. I, maybe I am being a little close minded. Bring me love by John Legend. Check it out, listeners. But yo, Tim, the day after Thanksgiving, me and Jay share a Spotify account. 
I go to open Spotify, I listen to some music, I listen to like one song, and then bam, it gets taken away from me because Jason's listening to Christmas music. I was, I was gonna, like, bro, the day after fucking you know Thanksgiving. It, you know it, baby. I was going to say, like, how the fuck do you guys split a Spotify account? Guys, d- do better. <laughs> Michael's, a, Michael's a leech. He latches on. I'm the one that pays for it, so I kick him off whenever I, was I need say, it. It's only like nine ninety nine a month, bro. It's like not that much. <laughs> it's like, it's like yo, don't, don't buy three cups of coffee and you're straight. No, to be honest, it's because Spotify gave me a student account for like seven years. Mm. I'm exaggerating a little, but. At least like four or five years, and it's only supposed to be like two or some shit. My my wife had her had her uh, bank account as a student bank account until like two years ago, until we had to change our, our to our marital names and change our bank account because of that. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta let it ride. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of letting it ride, we want to ride you to a championship, and the playoffs start this week. But before we get into it, we just want to shout out our sponsors over at PartyBelts.com. That's right, PartyBelts.com, the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Only at PartyBelts.com will you be able to find a completely customizable, dope, big, nice-looking belt for a fraction of the price that you're getting from the the favorites out there. Now, if you're going to get a big a big thing for your league, get a trophy. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to put the names on it, get a trophy. Make, But if you're going to get a belt, there's no reason to have this giant bulky belt that you're never going to... Like, there's nowhere to put it in the house. And that, you got you to gotta, you gotta think logically. And the logical thing is, if you get a new championship belt for everyone every year, they can pull it out whenever they want. And remember, this is when I dominated fantasy. And you could do that because it's 10 times the other competitors are 10 times the price and for a limited time which that limited time could be just next week or three years from now i don't know but the time is limited because everything's limited broto b-r-o-t-o is the promo code and at checkout you get 15 percent off of your purchase again that is partybelts.com for a completely customizable fantasy championship belt or any championship belt that you'd like um with the promo code B-R-O-T-O, that is Broto, B-R-O-T-O, you get 15% off at checkout. Uh, Michael, tell the people about Thrive Fantasy. Yeah, download Thrive Fantasy app or go to thrivefantasy.com to play some DFS, but not salary cap style. You do it prop style where you bet on over-under of yardage, touchdowns, passing yards, things of that sort, and you get a list of about 20 players. You choose 10 or so that you believe are most... um, reasonable to happen and if you get the most right and you get the most points you end up winning some nice cash money if you deposit anywhere from 20 to 50 dollars as a first time user with cold with code broto 20 b-r-o-t-o 2-0 you get a deposit match from thrive which you could use to enter games so go ahead and do that and get some free cash to enter some free games it's a beautiful thing man um so yeah let's go on to our first game if you if you if you did not hear the Thursday night football recap, then I mean I'm sorry, not recap, preview. It's obviously you can't recap it didn't happen yet. If you didn't hear the preview, Jason and I previewed the game last uh episode. We dropped an ep- an extra episode this week in order to time it out a little bit better for you guys and to have the most up-to-date information, which is very good because giant news today dropped that we were going to get to Christian McCaffrey looks like he's not going to play this week and it's not even because of the the injury that we he's had it's a completely different injury so we're going to get to that in just a second but 
If you missed the Thursday, go check out that episode. Now, let's get down to business. The first is an AFC South showdown, the Titans at the Jaguars. Um, the Titans need a win, and the Jaguars have been awful. They are clearly tanking for the number one pick. Gardner Minshew is um, healthy, but it's going to be Mike Glennon again. Derek Henry is hungry. He had a bad game. He's looking to dominate some people. I am all aboard these Titans. I'm trying to stream Ryan Tannehill where I can. I, I'm going to have him when my rankings are finalized. Definitely in the top 10 of my quarterbacks. I'm definitely starting Derrick Henry, obviously. I'm trying to start Corey Davis and stay hot with that for sure. I'm trying to start, um, what's his name, A.J. Brown, because it's A.J. Brown for sure. And if Jonu Smith is out, I would even take a shot on Ferkser, although mm, let's, let's pump my brakes there. Um, but... Jonah Smith does look like he's going to play. How are you guys feeling about this Titans offense? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> uh, Derrick Henry, the last three weeks, has been running back 2-1 and 38. Um, I'm going to go out and say that he's going to finish his RB2 this week just to complete that 1-2-3 trifecta. And Derrick Henry killing it and Ryan Tannehill killing it is not mutually exclusive. Okay. So I also think Tannehill is going to have a very good game. He's been very hot. He's been a top nine quarterback three weeks in a row which also means good things for A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. The thing you noted about Anthony Ferkser, he played the fewest snaps of the three Titans tight ends who were active last week, but he ran a route on almost 100% of his snaps. So It's, it's like Mark Andrews last year in terms of snap count. He's just clearly the receiving back when he comes in, and Jonah Smith has been doing a lot of blocking lately. Receiving tight end, yeah. Tight, tight end. I mean, ahead. Smith was out last week, but it's right. true. Like, Furcher, when he's coming in, he's coming in as a wide receiver 3-4, if you want to include Adam Humphreys in the equation. Right. So he's a possibility. It's just you're really banking on Tannehill's efficiency if you're giving Furcher a shot. I also want to add that I uh, I forget. I hate when I do this, when I see something that someone shares, and then I forget who shared it, and I don't note it down, and then I never see it again. But someone on Twitter, shout out to whoever it was. I'm sorry. I don't remember who you are. Noted that, you know how people get scared of Derrick Henry games, right? Like, oh, if Derrick Henry ends up going in, maybe Ryan Tannehill is a bad game. Should I trust him? What about Brown and Corey Davis? Yeah. It actually turns out that in uh, in Derrick Henry's biggest games, Ryan Tannehill still has a very nice game because that offense is just moving. It's not just Derrick Henry who's moving, and it's such an efficient offense. In games, uh, in Derrick Henry's best games this year, he averages 23 fantasy points per game. In those games, Ryan Tannehill averages 20 fantasy points per game. So there is certainly room for all aspects of this offense to operate. I'm all aboard. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, I think is a top five option this week. He just continues to play very, very good football. A.J. Brown was literally inches away from scoring a touchdown last week, and I ended up not getting a bye in our home league because of that damn touchdown. <sighs> if I would have gotten the touchdown from Brown or from Tannehill, I would have won. I lost by two and a half, and I lost out on a bye, but so be it. And then Corey Davis, man, this dude is just continues to ball. And Jason, we are finally on the same podcast together again. Corey Davis continues to ball. There's nothing you could do about it. He's a strong start. <laughs> There's nothing you could say about that. Do you want to say anything about that? What? I'll say this one thing, because I do think he's a good play at this point. He continues to produce. Oh, my God. The are we I'll in the say... twilight zone right now? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Twilight Zone music. <laughs> I mean, look, he finally is performing with Tannehill. It made no sense that he wasn't. It's why I created a fucking stat. So Corey Davis could suck it. He's actually a good play this week. 
what I'm going to say, it doesn't even have anything to do with this week. Leave the Jason to say, Corey Davis can suck it. He's a good play this week. <laughs> it's like, makes no sense. The, the Titans declined his fifth-year option before the season started, and now he's having his best season ever. So um, good luck to the team that overpays him this offseason. That's my analysis. <sighs> True. Jason. 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 Regarding the tight ends, though, I there's no bone in my body that wants to rely on Janu or Ferkser or anyone any any one of the tight ends in that offense at this point with the way it's been going. Let's transition over to the other side though. How about the tra- how about on the other side because over on the Jacksonville side, I think Tyler Eifert is one of the tight end plays that I think is not the worst play in the world this week. The Titans have been bad against the tight end. Adoree Jackson practiced on Wednesday. And that's a big deal because Adoree Jackson, if you don't remember, is the best cornerback on this team. He plays as if he's the best cornerback on this team and he has not been in a game in weeks. So Dory Jackson is a is a very big positive return for a pass defense that has been struggling. Now, Dory Jackson is is nowhere near. He's not like he's Jalen Ramsey's coming back. You know what I mean? But he is a very good player, and I think because of that, I I don't. The Titans' defense has been trash. I don't think they shut out the Jags by any means. I think they're going to put the ball in the end zone somehow. And if it's not James Robinson, I think it's Tyler Eifert because I really don't like the wide receiver options. You guys think I'm crazy? I mean, I don't personally. Love Tyler Eifert. If we're looking for tight end streamers, I'm going for someone with a better quarterback, to be honest, or someone who's more involved in the offense. So I see what you're saying. I just can't um, agree with it. Yo, But real quick, though, because if we did that, like another thing that happens on Twitter, those blind resume things where this guy has this many receptions per game, yards and touchdowns, would you start him like that type of shit? If we did that for DJ Chark, not a single person in the world would say start him. Not a single not a single person. He has been ridiculously awful from a fantasy standpoint. He has two games as a top five receiver. Besides that, he does not have a single game in the top 30. Over the last five weeks that he's been healthy, he has been a top 36 receiver once, and it was because he caught a 70-yard touchdown on the first play of the game against Houston. After that, he ended up going 50 yards. It was a normal game. And obviously, you can't discount a 70-yard touchdown, but that's not something that happens every week, and it's not something you could count on by any means. And I don't care how good of a matchup this is, if you are playing DJ Chark as anything more than a very risky flex play, you're kind of bugging out because that's exactly what he's been. He has been, doesn't, you could argue all day the dude is super talented, sure, but with the way that quarterback uh, room has been playing and the way he's his season has been going, he's also been dealing with injuries. It's just really, really hard for me to trust DJ Chark this week. And if you want to talk about wide receivers on the Jaguars, the rookie Colin Johnson has basically been the best wide receiver the last two weeks with Mike Lennon. Wide receiver 42 or better each week. He was wide receiver <laughs> a lot two weeks ago. Wide receiver 42 or better. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at with the Jaguars offense, yeah. right? Besides James Robinson, you don't really want to touch anyone. So... If Colin Johnson is out playing DJ Chark, it's tough sledding for all those people. You're probably better off with all of them on your bench. I think the most – in one of the craziest ironies of the year, the most like uh, reliable player, despite the fact that he's in game scripts that shouldn't be reliable at all all the time, has been James Robinson. And we could sing James Robinson James Robinson's praises but the basic story is start James Robinson and be happy that you picked him up when you did. It's really absurd if you think about Like, I know he gets a lot of love, but I don't think he gets quite enough love as he should because this dude is a UDFA 
running back who joined a trash team on a trash offense and is a top five set it and forget it running running back each and every week, no matter what the matchup is. It's like legitimately absurd at this point. The dude is just balling. Michael, Jason, and I don't front like we're dynasty experts or anything. Um, like we, I don't know. Like we, we've only I've only ever gotten to my first dynasty league this year. Um, so like I'm not a dynasty expert, but I will tell you this: when the narratives start coming around next year in the off season that James Robinson was a one year wonder because of volume, that's when you need to strike and trade for him because James Robinson is not. A one-year wonder. I will. I will bank on that. Uh, the way he runs is just not one-year wonder type. Now, is he a four-year wonder? Maybe because he runs hard. But I think he's All here to stay. Back for four-year wonders. That's true. I th- I think he's here to stay. Um, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Nope. Zip, not a zippity doo da, zippity doo. All right. Is anyone uh, ready to uh, keep it moving? Eh? It's the Vikings and the Buccaneers. Hey, Thomas Brady. Um, let's hey, go- where's the fucking Gabagool? <laughs> um, so this starts it's one a- of the best. Sorry. It's one of the best. Sorry, it's one of the best videos ever. <laughs> this starts a stretch. Let's start with the Bucks. <sighs> let's start with the Bucks side because I have a lot to say about the Vikings too. This this game I think is gonna be a very fantasy friendly game. Um, let's start on the Bucks side though because the Bucks. You've been stashing your Bucks. Knowing that you have this ridiculous playoff schedule coming up, particularly for the wide receivers. You got Minnesota this week, and then you got Atlanta and Detroit. Literally, if you line up three teams and you're like, which three teams do you want to play in the fantasy playoffs? Those are the three teams you want to play. Um, It's ironic, though, because the bye week was last week, and I bet you a lot of teams didn't make it because they didn't have their, their Buccaneers available. I know that for me... Uh, I got bounced out of the Scott Fishbowl, which I ended up making the playoffs um, on strength of my points because I was four and seven. But I ended up making the the playoffs, and I got completely crushed because uh, I I lean on Panthers and I lean on Bucks. Um, so it's a it's a cruel irony, but this does start that trend. And when you're talking about the Vikings, the Vikings have given up the second most points to wide receivers in fantasy this year. Um, They've been better of late, but still 19 touchdowns given up to wide receivers this year. That's also the second most. Mike Evans has four touchdowns in the last three games. I I can't help but think Mike Evans is is a home run play in this one, guys. It's actually interesting to me because a lot of people keep like the overall sentiment. Tell me if I'm wrong around Chris Godwin is like Oh, he's just nowhere near what he was, man. Should I play Chris Godwin or am I bugging? Or is that not like the overall sentiment you guys are getting from Chris Godwin? Uh, not for no, me. Not. Like I, I like Chris God- Godwin a lot in this game in particular. Yeah, but this dude, he hasn't been like flashy, but he has three straight games as a top 24 receiver. And I know you're highlighting Mike Evans here, but Mike Evans actually was limited in practice Wednesday and then missed practice today. That's big. Which I, is I didn't know he was very concerning. Today. I didn't know he was practice today. I, I missed yeah, that. That's big. Very concerning. If he's good to go, I'm playing him, no doubt, because he's been a touchdown machine and he's been Tom Brady's one of his favorite targets over the last few weeks. But I agree with you, Tim. I think this is going to be a very f- friendly fantasy game. I think Godwin is a strong wide receiver, too. Evans is a strong wide receiver, too. And I think Antonio Brown, if Evans is out, strong wide receiver, too. If not, I'm still playing him as a strong wide receiver, three. He had the bad game against KC. But let's not forget that he had 21 targets over the last two games prior to that. And they're coming off like 
a difficult stretch of games. New Orleans, Carolina, the Rams, and KC is a difficult stretch of games for opposing wide receivers. And now Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, as you pointed out, is just glorious. I think Antonio Brown is also a strong play here. I'm with you. I'm just, uh, I think this is a very good uh, opportunity for a lot of the Bucks players. Jason, Chris Godwin, 25 targets over the last three games, between 12 and 15 half PPR points, which Michael mentioned. For me, what I'm looking into Chris Godwin, I'm I'm feeling like he's finally healthy. He's in this new offense with Tom Brady. He's getting used to his his role in this offense as not what it was last year, right? This year, it's very much he's the new Julian Edelman. Um, so now that he's kind of getting comfortable in that role, I think that it, you know it's 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 all systems go for Chris Godwin. You can't look at him like the guy that you drafted in the second round this year because you're going to be disappointed. But if you're looking at him for what he is right now. I think that he could be a really good wide receiver two for you, wide receiver three if, if you play three wide receivers. And I, I don't have a problem with Chris Godwin. How do you feel? I'm firing up Godwin, Evans, and Antonio Brown confidently. It is T. Brady season, baby. Dude, the Vikings, they're coming off of a bye, and the Vikings are 31st in pressure rate this season. Oof. Tom Brady is wonderful when he's not being pressured. And there's been no in-between with Tom Brady this season. He's either been a top 10 quarterback or outside of the top 18. It's nuts. He's either bad or great. Like, if you look at his finishes when he's in the top 10, most of them are top 2, 1, 5, 3. I think we're looking at one another, another one of those um, weeks. Also, because Minnesota on the other side, Kirk Cousins has jolted up to second in true throw value. He's been absolutely torching defenses. He hasn't been below .519 in true throw value. Since week, since week five, and .519 was Dak Prescott's true throw value. So Kirk Cousins has been playing on another level for a long time. Now, I think it's going to be a shootout. Tom Brady is a top 10 option, and so are his wide receivers. They are all wide receiver two options. Got to love Tom Brady in this one. I feel like Tom Brady is a top five quarterback option. Another bye week, another bye week for Antonio Brown to get acclimated to. Here's what's a little scary, though, because... Playing the running back in this game, on the other hand, it's just it's so scary because Ronald Jones, when he plays, has been magnificent. The dude has has produced every single time he's gotten a chance to produce. But he could always get Arianed. He could always get pulled for no reason. He could always this is a Leonard Fournette game, according to Bruce Arians. And you in the playoffs are stuck with a deuce from your RB2. And that scares me. If I don't have a better option, I'm going Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones can have success in this game, but I just I there is that little piece of me that is shook. And I will be, no matter what I see through these whole playoffs, that Ronald Jones is going to be Arian to any time. Yeah, man. And that's like, yo, Ronald Jones right now is expert consensus ranking is RB13. Get that shit out of here, yo. And yes, there's potential for Ronald Jones to end as like a top five running back if he breaks out a long run or if they take a lead and start running a lot. Sure. There's also potential for him to end outside the top 50 running backs as he's done on multiple occasions this year because that's how that offense operates. So to rank Ronald Jones as like a RB1 option is just absolutely absurd to me. Ranking him anywhere other than a scary RB2 or flex play is just stupid because his massive upside also comes with massive downside. And as Jason said, I think this is going to be a game where it's Tom Brady and the pass catchers mostly rather than the running game. So, no, I'm not all aboard the Ronald Jones train this week by any means. I think he's a flex play 
with risk. And I, you can't start Fournette at this point. Let me make that clear, though. Well, yeah, because he's yeah, been the he's been like even when he's been given opportunities, he's done nothing with them. Yeah, um, for sure. Fournette's Fournette's is a, is a wash. What about um, what about Gronk? Gronk, he had that that nice hot streak in the middle of the, uh, of the year, and then nothing after that. I mean, nothing after that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, not as all right, fine. About, not nothing. Fuck after you, that. talking not, about playing. Not as good. Not as good. Yo. Gronk has been a top six option five of the last seven weeks. Yeah, you're you're just uh you're getting Gronked on uh in your mind. You're you're for you're forgetting. No, you know what Tim's doing? He's doing the what we complain about, Michael. When a team comes off of bye and all the rankers just forget that these people are good and it's rank them it's super not, low. It's not it. about that. I, I think it's I think it's more about consistency, right? What what here's what I'm saying. Yes, he's been good, but in the middle of the season, he had streaks of 16.3, 14.7, 12.1, PPR points. In his last four games, he's been up and down the Richter scale the whole time. 0. 0.7 against New Orleans, and then 12 against Carolina, 3.5 against the Rams, and then 14.6 against KC. And yeah. the But the thing is, it, he's it's hard to tell because in the games where he had the bad games, he had a total of 12 targets. In the games we had at the good games, he had a total of twelve targets. So it's not like it's not like you could tell based on his based on his uh his workload what he's gonna do. It's just basically is he gonna catch a touchdown or not? Ten his, targets in the good games. You just uh you can't do math. I and his name seven, is just seven plus four is eleven. Eleven targets, my bad. Seven plus three is ten. It's Jeez f- Louise. It's four, bro. I'm seeing three. What are you gonna do? Go ahead, Regardless. Go ahead. You guys are talking about Tom Rob Gronkowski as if he's supposed to be Travis Kelsey. Yeah. The issues you just said are with every tight end not named Kelsey, including Darren Waller, True. who was a bit up and down before exploding last week. So I'm firing up Gronk happily. I have him as my tight end three this week. Uh, let's go over to the Vikings side because I think the Vikings are going to be great. The Bucks went from very scary to easy pickings for a passing offense. Is that, like, when's the last time you heard the name Carlton Davis? Uh, remember that everyone was talking about him being the fucking best cornerback since sliced bread. Uh, now they're in the top 10 points given up to the receiver after being on the exact opposite side of that coin for the first few weeks of the season. That means even though they're ranked ninth, they're even worse in the past few weeks because they've gotten to ninth from a position of power in that top 10 against the other side. Um, Jefferson and Thielen are must play studs at this point. Cousins is a great play. You already mentioned that. Cook is always a great play. Um, and it's very simple for the Vikings. And to to make it even more simple, the Vikings have also been on a hot streak. They've won uh, six, five of their last six games. And the way that they've do, done that is on the heels of Kirk Cousins playing ridiculously good football. And over the past three games, they're, they're right now overall in the season have passed the ball 52% of the times. But over the last three games, that is up to 58% of the time. Last game, 65% of the time. So this is a team who's winning with a formula that is different than the formula they played with in the beginning, and you see them sticking to that formula. They're not they're not going away from it. And Dalvin Cook is still getting his, and a lot of the passes are going to Dalvin Cook. But with that being said, it's the, it's the outside guys, particularly Justin Jefferson, who, no joke, no lie, is maybe a top 10 wide receiver already in this league if you watch him play. And when you when you have that, you don't go away from it. So I think that you 
you know, it's it's not much to be said that you don't already know. Cousins, great. Jefferson, great. Thielen, great. Must play starts. Cook, great. Must play studs. What, what say you guys? I agree. What you are describing is what I like to call a funnel offense, and this is a 100% of funnel offense, and that's why I love it. The only thing I want to draw back on a little bit is calling Kirk Cousins a great play. Even in his extremely efficient play recently, he does have games in the back end court, in the, like the 12 range and like the 18 range. He's been super efficient, but the offense often runs through Dalvin Cook, and that's the scary part. Um, for the receivers, not so much because he's only throwing to Thielen and Jefferson for the most part. Those guys are going to cook. Dalvin Cook is going to cook. The question is whether Kirk Cousins is going to find the end zone enough. So he's more of a back-end QB1. I have him a quarterback 13 at the moment. And I do want to give a little love to Kyle Rudolph after coming off of a donut. If Irv Smith is out again, he has seen five or more targets in two of the last four games. Cousins might have to pass a little bit more against Tampa Bay. I don't hate Rudolph as a streaming option. To be noted, though, he did miss practice Wednesday, so he could not play. If he doesn't play, Tyler Coughlin is the guy. Then I'm not touching him, of course. Yeah. Um, anything- I mean, I also just want to say that uh, Jefferson and Thielen, top 14 finishes for each of them over the past three weeks. So studly is the correct word to use for them. Studly makes stud Irv Smith also returned from practice. So everything I just said about Rudolph, just switch it if he's out and Irv Smith is in. If only one of them plays, one is a good play. I also think that if only one of them plays, I prefer it to be Smith because he's the better play. Yeah, he's the young dynamic guy. Let's go to the next game. It is the Chiefs in Miami to go against the Dolphins. Man, I really wish Fitz was playing in this matchup. I'm not going to lie. Um, but he's not, and that leaves Tua Tagovailoa as the quarterback. Now that Tua Tagovailoa, are you guys ready? Are you guys ready for this? Jason, I'm going to make you angry again. Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki. That's it. That's the. <laughs> I think it's that's actually the lead of this game. I the think, Chiefs are playing, and it's Mike Gesicki. I mean, you know what's going on with the Chiefs. We'll talk about the Chiefs later. I want to talk about the Dolphins, and I want to talk about Mike Gesicki. Yeah, because it's the playoffs, and people are looking. No one's looking to replace Pat Mahomes, a quarterback. People are looking to replace their tight ends. And Mike Gesicki had a big game last week. We know that young quarterbacks love their tight ends. Um, I like the chances of Gesicki this week in a matchup where the Dolphins are going to have to drop back and pass. Yeah, I, I think Gesicki's a good play this week. Gesicki is doing it again, Tim. He's ending the season on a high note so that everyone gets drawn in and wastes a pick on him again next season. Uh, that's exactly what's happening uh, here. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing for fantasy purposes because he's ending on a high note. That's what's happening. Um, top 10 tight end last two weeks. The issue I see is that he hasn't had more than five targets since week two if we bypass his 11 targets last week. So there's always the issue of a bust. The thing there, though, is that all tight ends have bust potential. I have Mike Kosicki at tight end eight this week. If Tua is going to be thrown to him, Tua has been average at best this season and his true, foul, true throw value as quarterback 19. Um, coincides with the average title, but an average quarterback throwing the ball six times to a tight end means an average tight end, and an average tight end is all you need these days. Yeah, and if he scores a touchdown, you get it more than you get a well above average tight end. Yeah. So I like Gasicki. Well, I don't like the outside receivers though. We mentioned last week that uh, Devontae Parker was a not a good play in this matchup. Michael, how do you feel about the outside receivers? 
You know, you guys know how I feel about Tua and Fitz at this point. I think Tua is completely deteriorating Devontae Parker's fantasy appeal. And against KC, they're likely to be throwing a bunch. But KC has dominated outside receivers this year. So I think Devontae Parker is just a wide receiver three again. And if he finds the end zone, you'll be happy. Otherwise, you're looking at a guy who is probably going to end with about 50 yards on four or five catches. And mark my words, folks, but... I'm like 95% certain that Tua ends up sitting again this week. He's going to get worked by the Kansas City defense, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be in the game again by like the middle of the third quarter. Uh, There's nothing to it. Like, yo, I'm watching Tua play. He opened the second half with a nice drive against Cincy last week, and that was about it. Like, the dude just does not look like he's ready to be a quarterback for a playoff team right now and i know miami's trying to force it down everyone's throats at the moment and not everyone's going to agree with me but like i tweeted about what does it say if you replace your quarterback and then the appeal of the main targets goes down dramatically like clearly that's not a good thing i don't really know what else to say about the matter miles gaskin his appeal is going up way uh Way higher. Oh, yeah. This dude's a workhorse, period. No doubt. 2020, baby. You thought crazy things happened? Miles Gaskin, workhorse. Yeah, dude. If you look <laughs> a little bit outside the numbers, um, not not outside the numbers. Like, if you look at the broad spectrum of his season, because he's been injured and all that, he started six games this year. 27 touches, 13 touches, 21, 22, 21, 23. Workhorse. Workhorse, straight start up. Him. You start him. You start a workhorse. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Insane. Um, think about this. When I first started, when I first started, uh, first started fantasy footballing back in the day, like I'd say, like two thousand three. If my running back got twenty touches, I'd be crying. I would be like, "Why did he only get twenty touches?" Well, <laughs> uh, the times have changed. Um, let's go over to the other side. I mean, the Dolphins have been a good scoring defense, but they've also given up plays and touchdowns so um don't let their position in fantasy fool you and make you think that they've been a great fantasy i mean a great defense in general they've just been a high scoring defense they've been a high turnover defense um pat mahomes doesn't turn over the ball so i don't have any problems with pat mahomes i think tyree kill's gonna have a big game i think travis kelsey's gonna have a big game where my questions lies in the running back position and in the are you taking a shot on a sammy watkins or a demarcus robinson or a McCole Hardman type of situation. For me, it's a no on those wide receiver wide receivers. How do you guys feel about these pass catching options? No, of course. You you just start Hill and Kelsey as the pass catchers. Like a lot of people want to chase the appeal in a Patrick Mahomes offense. Like I've said how much I respect the athletic and how much I enjoy their material and I'm a subscriber of theirs. But I forget who one of their articles was saying that add Sammy Watkins, you want a piece of that Chiefs offense heading into the playoffs like no dude like what what we haven't seen enough of Sammy Watkins in the Chiefs offense to know we don't want him playing for us in the playoffs in fantasy so no I don't want anything to do with anyone outside of Hill and Kelsey and you brought up the uh the running backs briefly Miami's not a very difficult team to run against their their passing defense is much better with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard so I do think Clyde Edwards as as long as he's actually active and healthy and he should be, I assume, he was doing like a flu or something. He should be a strong RB2 play here, and I know people are going to be 
scared off after what happened last week, but I do think he has some appeal here against Miami. So, Michael, you you say that against Miami, and yes, they have been able to. You've been able to run on them in real life, but the thing is about that is they've also are top ten in points given up to the running back in terms of like bad for the running back. Like they're they've given up the tenth, twenty first least. Uh, so, with that being said, they have been good against fantasy running backs, and Ceh does have a bad taste. I don't know, Jason. What's your what's your call on Ceh? I think that it's clear that Le'Veon Bell and Daryl Williams suck. They are the definition of a didu. So, and but I also have not heard anything about Ceh this week. Like I just, you can look up Ceh on Google on Twitter. You're not going to find anything. I don't know. I don't know if he's healthy. Hopefully he is, because like Michael said, if he's just out with the illness and he's fine, he's going to play. So we need to keep up on that. I don't hate him as a. I have him at running back twenty four. Um, I like him more as a flex play than RB2 play. It's it's the Chiefs. And if Mahomes is running an offense, there's always a chance for a great game. CEH uh, was a running back, too, just three weeks ago. So there's always that upside that I don't think you can ignore. Um, Yeah. All right. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No. All right. Let's move on to our next game, the Broncos at the Panthers. The big story in this one has to be the injury that everyone's talking about. Brian Callahan on our no, uh CMC you've been waiting for him for so long and now you get the news that it's his thigh that's the problem and not his shoulder. This is after he had the high ankle sprain. Oh man, one of the things that people talked about when he was being drafted out of staff Stanford is that he's smaller than the average running back. Can he handle the load of a workhorse? I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I don't, because I like Christian McCaffrey a lot. But man, this is not looking good for his future outlook in terms of injuries and lingering and and all that. And there's not really a reason for um for the Panthers to rush back CMC this season. Like they're out of the playoff hunt and there's just no reason to bring him back if he's not fully healthy. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is just Mike Davis's backfield for the remainder of the season with another injury popping up. Um, He's already basically been ruled out for this week, so that sucks. If Mike Davis was dropped in your league, he he was dropped in uh, about 10 to 20% of Yahoo leagues last week. Go ahead and try to snatch him if you can. I do think he has low-end RB2 value just because of the, the matchup and the way uh, his volume has been this season, but yeah, it's certainly very, very frustrating for the CMC managers who are like, finally, we get him back just in time for the playoffs. And then this happens. Talk about the gift that keeps on giving Mike Davis. Um, the Broncos had a great defensive performance against Pat Mahomes last week, but that's not scaring me away. I, I always say that there there needs to be something. There is something to be said about divisional matchups and don't just assume that a team, especially considering the, the AFC West, more than other places, it's very clear that all of those teams have been designed to beat the Chiefs. It's kind of the, the way that the Jets designed their entire team in the early 2000s to beat the Patriots. Like, you could tell, like, everything was designed to get pressure on Tom Brady to whatever. So it's, it's, it's very clear um, that this is not going to go over, in my opinion. On top of that... A.J. Boye has been suspended because of PEDs. Brian Callahan is still 
on his uh is uh is it Bryce Callahan or Brian Callahan? The the cornerback. Bryce. Bryce, Bryce right. Callahan. Uh, I think that's a autocorrect, Brian Callahan. Uh, so Bryce Callahan, he's on in IR. Went on the IR last week. He's been their best corner. Robbie Anderson, go. Um, Curtis Samuel, if he plays because he still he has not been cleared from COVID IR, go. And I think even uh, I know you guys are gonna hate this, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is not the worst streaming option that you could have. Although there are better ones out there. How are you guys feeling about this Carolina passing offense? I think you can go fuck yourself. Oh, wow. That was harsh and quick. Don't that you was... dare say Teddy Bridgewater against Denver is a good play ever again. I, I Ever again. I mean, they're no, missing honestly, their top two corners, and Von Miller's not there. It's like, you know, but then the Panthers not, are missing. This is not quote-unquote Denver. Missing The Broncos are missing. The, the Panthers are missing two of their top three wide receivers. And until I get an update on that, because apparently week 14 is the week of no updates, Curtis Samuel <laughs> and DJ Moore, who knows what's going on with them? No one wants to say anything. Until we get an update on them, there's no way I'm trusting Teddy Bridgewater, even if they play. Let's be honest. Um, I'm more concerned. I, I want to watch those guys to see what the week is going to shake out like. Because if Robbie Anderson is the only breathing soul on the Panthers, then of course you have to play him. But if Samuel and Moore come back, then you need to remember that Robbie Anderson was outside of the top 20 every single week since week six. I mean, outside of the top 30 every single week since week six before week 12. Because his ECR right now, expert contestants ranking, is 15. And I just want to drop kick that number from existence because it's just absurd to me. Uh, I don't really like this game too much if Samuel and Moore come back for Robbie Anderson. But if they're out, then you got to fire him up because Samuel and Moore have been better than Anderson recently. Um, Yeah. Uh, how about the. The running back. I mean, we already went to the running back options. I'm sorry. How about the other side here? Uh, because I don't want to talk about Ian Thomas, so let's not let's not talk about him. Um, let's talk about the other side here. I think the Broncos have become that funnel offense that you say you love, Jason, right? Tim Patrick seems like the number one guy there. Jerry Judy hasn't been relevant at all. Um, Noah Fant continues to just be a mid-range tight end who's going to catch you four balls for 48 yards. Although I do think that his role could increase in a matchup where the Panthers have been bad against the tight end. And then you got Melvin Gordon, who's going to be the workhorse back against a Panthers running defense that has not been good this season. So uh, with all those combined, uh, how you feeling, Jason? Yeah, I think the issue is that Drew Locke is a giant to do. Uh, he's oh, 37. that's right. Yeah, he's a giant to do, and no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> 37th in true throw value, only better than Cam Newton, Daniel Jones, Alex Smith, Sam Darnold, Tyra Taylor, Jake Luton. If you're in that conversation, you are not performing well. So that's the issue. But Tim Patrick must be 100% better than his career because he's been putting up numbers regardless. And Carolina has allowed the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers over the last four weeks. So this team has really fallen off as um, their secondary has completely fallen off. Tim Patrick has been a wide receiver three. There's nothing to say otherwise that he shouldn't be. I think that Tim Patrick is, again, a good play that is not getting enough love. Jerry Judy, like you said, not getting enough work. So that's, that's the tough part there. You can't really start Judy. Besides Tim Patrick, I'm not interested in the pass catchers. Even Noah Fant, um, people are finally coming around ranking him a little lower than top five tight end. And I still think it's too high. He's the 11th ranked tight end right now. I dropped him to 21. I want nothing to do with no offense. I want nothing to do with no offense, man. 
Drew Locke yeah. is a bad quarterback. And no offense, even seeing targets, his true target value is 19. And that's right where I have him. Because even if he sees six targets from Drew Locke, if he doesn't find the end zone, you're toast. Yeah, I had Fant as my tight end 18 last week and was way below consensus. He ended as tight end 17. Like, this guy hasn't been a top 10 tight end since week two. There is no, there is nothing inside of me that thinks I should start Noah Fant this week. I'm with Jason in that. Tim Patrick's the only option. He's another guy. Me and Jason just couldn't, like, just rank the dude. Like, just rank him in your top 35. He's been there seven of the last eight weeks. Like, what goes through your mind when you don't rank him as a top 35 option? Someone, uh, Andy Holloway, the fantasy footballer, said that Tim Patrick is a good fantasy player, but he doesn't have a cool enough name for people to get on the bandwagon. For real. Maybe if we change it to, like, Timothy Patrick, people will be like, yo, that's cool. Not, if it was TK Patrick, he'd be a top 15 option right now. Yo, nah. TK, let's How go. about we just go crazy off the board? Like, like we just call him the Terminator. Or, like, uh, or, or, or something crazy like that. Like... Like Rambo, let's go. Let's call it Tim Patrick Rambo from now on, and maybe then people will start him. Start Rambo. Ram-trick. Start right. <laughs> start Yo, Rambo Tim, Patrick. You did bring up earlier the uh, the Melvin Gordon ability of the Chiefs to allow rushing yards. I also want to say Rambo is still the only person that I want to start in this game. <laughs> really, even with even with Melvin Gordon, because I'm, I'm telling you right now, Michael, I got me excited because I'm playing Melvin Gordon this week. In my first round matchup, little, man. I have not. All right, I'm Melvin going a little crazy here. I have Melvin Gordon as my running back 23. Mel goes I hot. think it's. I think yes, and I think it's stupid to rank him as anything higher than a low end RB two at this point because that is who he has been for basically the entire season. Unless he breaks out a long run, he is not going to be a big part of that offense. This dude has two receptions. Over the last six games. Two. Over the last five games, excuse me. His role in the passing game is completely gone. It's a rushing-dependent option on a bad offense. And I know, Carolina. It's a, I know Carolina has a very bad rushing defense, but they were a lot worse in the beginning of the season. And they've, cons- they've been getting better as the season has gone on. And Carolina has actually put up double-digit fantasy points um, over the last couple of weeks, their defense overall. So that defense overall has actually improved a little bit over the last couple of weeks. I just there's I just don't want to trust Melvin Gordon as anything more than a touchdown-dependent option here. Jason, how do you feel I don't about think, Melvin? I don't think their defense has been better overall. I think they, they've been the second-worst defense to wide receivers the last four weeks, so that makes it seem like they've been better to the running back, but it just means that they've been more to do elsewhere doesn't mean that they've less to do on the ground and Melvin Gordon is getting 12 to 15 rushes a game and call me crazy maybe not as RB2 if you have better options flex play I love it I want 12 to 15 rushes against Carolina Jason Jason has officially used the do in a sentence uh, (laughs) without even flinching Uh, that's how we've gotten I'm on Jason's side I think that I want I want 15 touches against Carolina as a flex play, sure. I just I think his uh, his RB sixteen expert consensus ranking is way too rich for my I, taste. I think that's where I would I would rank him around now. Like I've I've only done very very pre- preliminary rankings. I don't like doing rankings on Thursday. I'm sorry, guys, if 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 it, if it sucks for you. I like ranking the Thursday players and then not looking at rankings again until Saturday because I just don't think there's a point. I'm sorry if that's the Twins update their rankings every week, but um, 
That's how I do rankings. And I, I apologize. But I imagine that that's where I'm going to rank him when it's time to do the rankings. Um, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Nope. So before we get into the Texans at the Bears, just a programming note, we're at 47 minutes in this podcast already. So um, obviously it is going to be a little bit of a longer podcast. We only talked about four games. Um, we have timestamps in the descriptions. So if you look at the description and you want to jump around, please do so. But be, just be prepared. We're going to go in-depth uh, into everything. Let's go into the Texans at the Bears now. Jason, I'm going to make you hate me again. Michael, you're going to hate me too because Houston is the second worst run defense in football and it's D Montgomery time again. Tim, I'm, I'm about to talk for a little while here because I love this game. I think that this is the sleeper game for fantasy explosions. The Chicago Bears have allowed over 600 passing yards and seven passing touchdowns in the last two contests against Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford. And no one's denying that Deshaun Watson is at least in between the skill level of those two players. Facts. They both went over 25 fantasy points. Facts. So even though no one passed 20 points against the Bears before week 11, it's happened twice in a row now, and Deshaun Watson can keep that trend going. Straight facts. Kiki QT, when seeing seven or more targets in his career, has put up 21 0.9 PPR points, 17, 12.7, 11.8, 22.1. Boom shot. That's an average of 17 PPR points for QT. Hot damn. 17. I love him as a wide receiver three. Wide receiver two if you're desperate. Chad Hansen actually led Houston wide receivers in snaps last week. So if you're talking deep, you're talking deep. Chad Hansen is someone just to keep in mind. Yo, it, Chad yeah. Hansen, though, um, I don't understand. I like we discussed this on the review pod on Monday. Where I was, we we're saying how QT impressed and all that, and Hanson had a big role too. Turns out that QT did play most of his role out of the slot in a Randall Cobb esque role. He was just a deeper downfield target than Randall Cobb was, and Chad Hanson was the main outside receiver. And like you said, Chad Hanson, this dude played ninety two percent of snaps. So I think his just don't think about him at all for fantasy purposes is mind boggling to me. Like, I got this dude as my wide receiver 46. I think he's a flex option this week. Facts. I agree. It's kind of ugly, but I don't hate it. Good, really good and DFS well, play this week, too. If you're if you're out of the playoffs and you're still listening, thank you. Uh, if you're out of the playoffs and still listening and you're putting in the DFS lineup, that's a guy you can get at, like, 4,600 and just and stack everywhere else. Yeah, and what I was going to say, uh, even when Michael cut me off, was that <laughs> David and Duke Johnson are splitting time now, and they're both yuckaroo. Not the do? No, they're yuckaroo because they're not like absolutely the do, but they're yuckaroo as as uh, RBBC. They're better if it's just one of them. So when you have two yuckaroos then, and you have Deshaun Watson throwing the ball, all of these guys are relevant, including Tim's boy, Jordan Akins. Uh, Jordan Akins. I, I want to talk about how much I love Jordan Akins real quick, Jason. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Jordan Akins ran the second most <laughs> routes of the position last week. The Bears have given up nine touchdowns to the tight end. He's on the field. I I love the opportunity for Jordan Akins, and I, I'm not scared to go back in the well. I, I have Jordan Akins on, on – I would have started Jordan Akins at least over Noah Fant um, had Mark Andrews not come off the COVID list uh, on my team in the playoffs. So that's how much I I, I believe in Jordan Akins this week. Uh, still off a bad week last week, but he's on the field 
and he's has a better he has just as good of a chance to score a tight end, a touchdown as any tight end in the league this week, and that's what I want. I do think I he's agree. a fine streaming option this week. Um, I'm sure we're going to be higher on consensus for him. And Chicago has been friendly to tight ends as well, so I agree with uh, what you're saying here. And then I'll finish off my rant in this game because I just love this game for fantasy purposes on the Bears side. Nine of Mitch Trubisky's 10 touchdowns this season have come from a clean pocket, according to PFF. Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville, the next three games are all bottom five in pressure rate since week seven. That's why we need you on the show, Jason. That is bars. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, 17th in true throw value. Nick Foles was 36th. So we're looking at a guy who's actually been league average in adjusted fantasy points per attempt, a.k.a. true throw value, against teams that are not going to be bringing any pressure against him. Darnell Mooney has 17 targets in the past two weeks, and now Bradley Roby is suspended too. So Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, both good plays. And then I'll finish it off with David Montgomery. His PPR finish every week since Cohen got down with injuries mixed in. 27, 13, 14, 24, 19, 6, 1. He is a running back too with upside at this point. I'm loving this game all around. Except for the yuckaroos in the Texans backfield. Uh, the Texans backfield is yuckaroo. I mean, yeah, and well, fine. Did you mention David Brandon... Montgomery's in a good spot? Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, fine. Mention... Okay, yeah. David Montgomery's in a good spot. Fine. Oh, hold on. Jeez. You said what? Shut up. Did... <laughs> you said David. Jason Mo- thought you were talking to him. He's, you're just making a bad joke. Get out of here. You're getting me angry. You said it's Demon time. No, I said it's time to cook. It's Demon time. It it it's Demon time. Like it, it, it's on time and it's a Rob time because I don't know if you guys know if anyone's noticed as well. Mitch Trubisky plus Allen Robinson equals wide receiver one. And I, yeah. I, I Jason offered me Allen Robinson for uh, who was it, Jason, for Terry McLaurin earlier this week, earlier this year, or Deontay Johnson, or Deontay I Johnson. I mean, I should have taken it for McLaurin, it looks like, but I'm not yeah. giving you Deontay Johnson. Fuck out of here. Also, Robert Woods. I said, give me any three of them. I, I, I should have gave you Woods. Justin Jefferson was in the mix, too. You said any of the four. Never. Yeah. Never. True. If you guys didn't know, I already know. My wide receivers is nice. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in the Texans-Bears game here? Well, yeah, Brandon Cooks. As Jason yes. said, uh, Stafford and Rodgers over the past two weeks have actually made this uh, Chicago secondary not look so damn frustrating to go up against. And... Brandon Cooks is the main guy for Deshaun Watson. He didn't have a huge game against Indy, but he went 5 for 65 in what has been a pretty tough matchup so far this season. And I know Chicago has lightened up of late. It's still a semi-decent matchup. I still think uh, uh, Brandon Cooks is still a very strong wide receiver 3 or wide receiver 2 play here, depending on your options. Anything else? That's all, folks. All right, let's move on to our next game. The Cardinals playing ahead of Jimmy Graham now. Yes. Oh yeah. That is something to note. Do not do not play Jimmy Graham. You already weren't playing Jimmy Graham. Especially don't play Jimmy Graham when the Bears aren't playing Jimmy Graham. True. Not a good idea. The Cardinals and the Giants are up next, and this is an exact. I think this exact game is. A very good microcosm for fantasy football in general. Because if you looked five weeks ago and you're looking forward and trying to predict, you're like Kyler Murray versus the Giants. I can't wait for that matchup. <laughs> it is the number one fantasy player in the league going against the Giants who suck. will probably be number f- a top five pick. And now all of a sudden, the Giants 
are cruising. And Kyler is hurt. And I want to give a shout out to Michael because the way Michael's brain works is it's a very good way. And <laughs> what happened was every fantasy analyst out there that at least I heard of went like this. Kyler Murray has a bad throwing shoulder. Therefore, he's not going to be as good, but don't worry because the running prowess is still there, so he should be fine. What Michael said, go back. Michael said, Kyler Murray has a hurt shoulder, but it's good enough to throw with. So what the Cardinals are going to want to do is not let him run because he can exacerbate hurting the shoulder and you need your quarterback to throw. That's what Michael said. At first, I was like, that's a little strange, that analysis. Rewind again. Five rushes for Kyler Murray in the last three weeks because of the shoulder injury. So when you're talking about Kyler Murray, now you're talking about a pocket passer. And it's, it's hard because you don't want Kyler Murray the pocket passer as your starting fantasy quarterback. But at the same time, you never know when Kyler Murray the pocket passer is no longer the case because the shoulder's feeling better and now he can run. So it's very, it's, Kyler Murray is so hard to, to think through. And my first impression is, Kyler, you got me here. I'm going to start you. I'm not looking in the waiver wire. But if you got a guy like Kirk Cousins or you got a guy like, uh, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill. I told, patron, I told a patron to play Taysom Hill over Murray. Taysom Hill, right? So it's these type of guys that are going to make you choose with Kyler Murray. And I just... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Kyler Murray has anywhere from like 13 to 29 points in his future this week. It's uh, it's literally you can't know. That's my opinion. Michael, uh, all, all, all wise one, how do you feel? Yeah, this is a very concerning matchup for me because, look, Kyler Murray is just no longer that set it and forget it RB1 that you Why? enjoy. QB1. So QB1. QB1, QB1 that you one. Would- Basically was an RB1. Yeah, 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 you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That you enjoyed so much over the first few weeks of the season. Like you pointed out, I was like, dude, Kenyon Drake's going to be their goal line running back now, not Kyler Murray. And we've seen Kenyon Drake. What are the odds? He has an affinity for the end zone now. Where was this in the beginning of the year? It was Kyler Murray's job. And now it's Kenyon Drake's job because Kenyon Drake injured his shoulder. And Kenyon Drake is nowhere near, excuse me, geez Louise, Kyler Murray is nowhere near a good enough pocket passer to just live off of passing. The dude is mad short, and he just isn't a great pocket passer. Like, that's no disrespect to him, but he needs to run. That's, like, the main draw of his game, rolling out and things of that sort and rushing for touchdowns. And with that gone, he's, as we've seen, nowhere near as trustworthy. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. Against the Giants, suddenly very stout defense. He's a... Risky, low-end QB1 option here for me. And also to note, good. when Murray is forced to pass, they lack weapons in Arizona. They brought in DeAndre Hopkins, who is arguably the best wide receiver in football. But then who do they have? Larry Fitzgerald is older than a mongoose, whatever that means. Older than a mongoose. He's back, though, off the COVID list. Andy Isabella has done nothing in his career. Uh, Hakeem Butler's released. Keyshawn Johnson doesn't play like all all the wide receivers they drafted. Jason, Jason doesn't even want to say the name Christian Kirk anymore. Oh, and I was about to get to Mister Dadu. <laughs> He's back to being super Dadu, like he is the king of Dadu. I'm gonna get a Christian Dadu Kirk jersey and just 
I don't even know. Give it to OBJ. <laughs> so we could have to do on him. Because it's just awful. Like, there are no good weapons there. We had to see... We had to watch Dan fucking Arnold catch two touchdowns last week, man. Dan Arnold. Oh, Dan yeah. fucking Arnold, man. Dan Arnold. Want to trust Dan Arnold? Dan, give me the Dan Arnold. Get to the chopper in the end zone. Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins are the only people you're touching on this team. Uh, and DeAndre- D-Hop even missed practice today. He missed practice and... It's it's insane because again, shout out to Andy Holloway, the fantasy footballers. He mentioned looking at DeAndre Hopkins' route tree for the last few games since Kyler Murray hurt his shoulder, and his route tree is he called it a route bush because all he's doing is running ten five to ten yards in his little area and he's not going deep. And again, that has to do with the fact probably that Kyler Murray is playing right now on a bum shoulder and he's playing through the pain. Uh so it's 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 really difficult right now, and he's facing James Bradbury, who I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say James Bradbury is the reason why I'll, I'll ever fade DeAndre Hopkins, but I will say that James Bradbury is not the best matchup. He's been very good this season, so even the the stuff that you're banking on, you can't really bank on. One thing that has been able to bank on lately, though, is Kenyon Drake getting in the end zone. Do you guys feel like Kenyon Drake gets in the end zone again this week? Yeah, just I think note. people. Go ahead, Jay. Just quick note, then you could talk. I said a few weeks ago that one of the first things I do when I start setting my rankings is move DeAndre Hopkins lower. It's been working out. Michael, you could tell us about Kenyon Drake. That is true. You did say that, and it has been working out for you. Um, But, yeah, regarding Kenyon Drake, I don't think it's any... Like, I don't see why people continue to, like, sleep on him. Like, at this point, it's obvious... Kenyon Drake is the lead back on that team, and he gets the red zone work now. With Kyler Murray, after Kyler Murray injured his shoulder, Kenyon Drake is the main running back there. And even in a bad matchup last week against the Rams, which was a brutal matchup, Chase Edmonds actually played more snaps because they were playing from behind, and he still ended as the RB18 overall. Prior to that, he was the RB12 and 7. The Giants are not a tremendous matchup, but they are a much better matchup than the Rams are. Kenyon Drake is just as likely as anyone in the NFL right now to find the end zone at any ta- any time and to rush for 15-plus times. Plus, he's get- been getting more involved in the passing game, too, from what his role was in the beginning. Like, he has uh, 12 targets over the last three games. He never had more than three targets until three weeks ago. Now he has at least three targets in each of the three games. I have Kenyon Drake as my running back eight. His consensus is RB17. I just... I guess I'm just going to be the guy who continues to rank Kenyon Drake higher than others, but I don't see why people are fading him as much as they are. I like him this week. I like him as a high-end RB2. Jason? All right, then. Yeah, I agree. You're not going to get any complaints from me. I've been riding the wave in a few leagues. Let's stay with the running game. Uh, Wayne... Tim's boy Gallman. That's what I'm gonna be calling him from now on. Continues to Tim's boy. Continues to be nice, bro. Uh, Wayne Gallman, I love you. I think he's a great play against the Cardinals, who have been susceptible. Listen, Wayne Gallman even showed up against the stout um, Seahawks run defense because it has been stout, although they've just been getting destroyed through the air. So who knows how much of that is real? Uh, but 135 yards last week, and the Alfred Morris touchdown was a fluke because Goldman just tore up a 60-yard rush and then had to come out of the game because I always find that a little weird. Like, you're a professional athlete. You run 60 yards. I know you're tired, but, like, it's your job. Ah, Jason. Come on, Jay. Jeez, Louise. Relax, Jason. Christian McCaffrey stays in the game. 
Although, world class athlete Christian McCaffrey does things other athletes don't do. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Goldman has been a top 15 running back every week since week seven. The guy is, he's been a Crazy. stud, man. He's, he's been Saquon Barkley light, like to the fullest extent possible. And you got to keep throwing him out there. I don't like, he, he continues to get disrespect just because his name is Wayne Goldman. Yeah. He's, he's like Tim Patrick because the guy's, his name's not cool enough. Um, Wide receivers, let's go there. Daniel Jones um, will be back in this game, it looks like. So that does give a, a big push to everyone, I think. Everyone's more fantasy viable, um, particularly Sterling Shepard, particularly Evan Ingram. Here's the problem that I'm worried about. I'm worried that this is a soft tissue issue. This is a hamstring issue. And I already went over soft tissue issues are tend to be more uh, in, like they they get hurt again in the game that they come back from if they don't have the correct amount of weeks off. Hamstring is the worst of the worst, and I'm nervous that Daniel Jones drops back, plants his back foot, takes off in one of those QB sneaks that he does, pulls his hamstring, and then you got Colt McCoy, who hasn't been taking first-team snaps, coming in the game. That sounds good for Wayne Goldman. Does not sound good for Evan Ingram. Does not sound good for Sterling Shepard. What are your guys' thoughts on Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram? I mean, I'm not going to... I never... If someone's playing, I'm never of the what if he gets hurt again um, bandwagon. Like, if someone's healthy enough to play, I just kind of agree. Like, I'm going to... I'm not going to question the NFL team's decision about their quarterback. If they think Daniel Jones is healthy enough to play, then so be it. I'm not just going to assume an injury or anything of that sort. I do understand the concern. But that being said... Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard are the only two pass catchers that I have any interest in because Evan Ingram, yes, he's been up and down, but three top seven finishes over the past five weeks basically means he's a must start in fantasy football world for the tight end position. And Sterling Shepard, he had a bad game last week. It was the first time he had less than six receptions since he came back from the injury. Newsflash, it was with Colt McCoy, at quarterback. Now his expert consensus ranking is wide receiver 45, even though he ended as wide receiver 18, 28, 45, 36, and 31. The five weeks with Daniel Jones at quarterback in easy and tough matchups. Arizona is not a tough matchup. Patrick Peterson and company are... Patrick Peterson is nowhere near what he once was in his prime, and just that secondary in general is not great. And Strong Shepard is going to be the main target again. I'm firing him up as a low-end wide receiver. He does have a limited ceiling, so I think he's a little bit of a low-end wide receiver three but he's st- certainly very consistent. And I'm not looking at last week's game against Colt McCoy as a sign of things to come. I'm going to look at his body of work with Daniel Jones, as long as Daniel Jones is returning. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Michael accidentally said against Colt McCoy, and I think that's a great way to put it. <laughs> I want to make that note. All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's stay in the NFC beast. Um, the Cowboys at the Bengals in the ugliest game of the week, uh, 42 and a half over under in Vegas, which seems low to me. Um, but you cannot forget the number one storyline of this game. Of course, Andy Dalton revenge in Cincy. In, seriously though, wait. I'm not playing. I'm not playing Dalton, but I would love to play Amari Cooper. He's been a top ten wide receiver now twice. With Dalton, um, let's get it. Amari Cooper, I'm firing him up. CeeDee Lamb, nine targets last game. I, I'm cool firing him up. And Dalton Schultz, 
I think could be a really, really good play in this game because the Bengals have been atrocious against tight ends. What do you guys feel about these pass catching options? Tim, you say things sometimes that make me laugh. Like? Like you come out of nowhere randomly with things like, you got to trust Dalton Schultz this week. I didn't. I, did I say? <laughs> you basically just said that. No, I said I, he's a good play this week. Look, and I also, the fact that he's tight end 12, expert consensus ranking, cracks me up as well. I think that's low. I think it's a, no, I think it's a complete joke. Okay, here we go. Bet. I concur with Michael. Dude, All right, I'm betting Dalton with both Schultz. of you. Dalton Schultz, tight end one this week. <laughs> this dude, Deal. Holy, write it down, dude Michael. Has write it down, Michael. No, 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 no. One, write it down. One double-digit performance since week four. I don't care how good of a damn matchup it looks like. He's the fourth person in the pecking order. Michael Gallup is seeing a ton of targets at this point. It's just this so stupid. What's the uh, what's the bet you think Schultz is going to be a tight end one? Yeah, yeah, we're both in on it. Okay, I can't believe this is our first bet today. We got to make more bets, guys. We're, I also we're don't love CD Lamb. CD Lamb was a dunk it down wide receiver last week, and I don't want to dunk it wide receiver from Andy Dalton. What am I going to do with five catchers for forty yards? I'm I'm more on the I'll not play CD Lamb bandwagon than I am Dalton Schultz. I think Dalton Schultz is a good game. Suck my balls. I actually I agree with Jason about CD Lamb. He's become like the low depth of target possession receiver in an offense that doesn't really need that it's odd michael gallup is really the outside guy now he's playing more snaps than cd lamb on a consistent basis and we saw gallup score the touchdown on the outside last week and this is by no means me saying start michael gallup this is me saying don't start lamb or gallup if you have to i think cd lamb's expert consensus ranking of wide receiver 38 is far too high at this point from what we've seen in the andy dalton offense even though it's a good matchup, I still think he's a flex play here. And Amari Cooper has really set a very nice floor for himself. So I do think Amari Cooper is, remains a, a strong play here. Zeke is a strong RB2 as well. He's getting a lot of work. He hasn't, like, he's been disappointing recently, but he's still getting a lot of work. He had 18 t- rushes last week, four receptions. And if he's going to find the end zone against anyone, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, to kind of jump over to their offense just briefly, the Bengals have scored two offensive touchdowns without Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went down a while ago. And one of those touchdowns was a garbage time score. One of those touchdowns was a 72-yard screen to Tyler Boyd. Talk about non-replicable. Like, this is an awful offense, and I think Zeke is going to... If you get 20 touches against the Bengals, you're going to be a high-end RB2. Yeah, I agree with you. It's interesting, too, because usually if Dak Prescott was the quarterback of this game, I would be advocating a possible start for Tony Pollard as well. And I think it's, it is something to note that Tony Pollard has been getting double-digit touches very frequently, and he's been getting these touches. Now, he hasn't turned them into Tim's giant— like obsessed with Tony Pollard, yo. You really are, man. I mean, the dude's touching the ball. Uh, nine touches last game. The, the game before that, six. Okay, not, not, the, not the best. Um, but the game before that, he had a rushing TD, 60 yards. The game before that, uh, 10 touches. The game before that, nine touches. Like he's part of the offense. There's nothing that you can say that he's not part of the offense. Am am I starting him? No. Um, but it's someone to keep your ear to the street because look, if Zeke stops playing, then I think Tony Pollard is a, is a possible starter here. And if 
Dak was playing, I would put Tony Pollard in my probably my top thirty six running backs. But oh, he's not. He's not. But he's not. Time talk. Um. Tony well, he's not. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about. You know how sometimes you talk about an immovable force. I mean, an immovable object meaning an unstoppable force. This is the opposite of that. It's like a completely movable object meets a completely stagnant force when we're talking about the, the Dallas defensive line and the run defense versus the Cincinnati offensive line. Both of these units are maybe the worst in the league, especially with Jonah Williams out right now. So the question is, <laughs> what happens? How do they how does it how does it all shake out? Can Gio Bernard be someone that we can actually trust this week for the first time in weeks? This is an ugly team, man. It's just ugly. Everything about it is ugly. If I had to start anyone on the Bengals, uh, that person goes by the name of Gio Bernard. I like Brandon Allen is just not good enough to trust the pass catchers, and Gio Bernard is gonna get some look on the gr- some work on the ground. He's had eight or eight to twelve rushes the last four weeks, two to four catches the last four weeks. It hasn't been pretty. But if he's going to do anything, it's going to be against Dallas. So Gio is in the flex conversation just based off of work. And because they're probably going to have to put up some amount of points and the wide receivers aren't aren't going to do it for him. I do think people weigh matchup a little too much sometimes. I know Dallas has been atrocious against the running back. But to rank Giovanni Bernard as a top 20 option, which expert consensus ranking currently has him at, is just absurd, in my opinion, with Brandon Allen on their center. I have him at 28. I, Where do you have him? I have him at uh 28. So, yeah, I'll there you go. Same as you. I'll probably have him somewhere around there as well. I am very, very... In my mind, I'm trying to figure out in my home league if I'm going to start Gio Bernard or Miles Sanders. That's how it's been for Miles Sanders. And that's how I feel about Gio Bernard this week. His matchup is good enough for me to consider playing him over Sanders against New Orleans, which is the toughest matchup. But it's not a good enough matchup for me to think oh yeah Giovanni Bernard's a must start or anything like that by any means like I don't see how you could possibly rank this guy as a top 20 option in a Brandon Allen led offense it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me yeah I mean I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that um what about the wide receivers on this team uh T Higgins has been having some success with Brandon Allen AJ Green Donut um Tyler Boyd did have the big the big catch before getting ejected last week any of these wide receiver options doing it for you? These are just flex plays at this point, um, and you have to hope they score a touchdown. Because, look, Brandon Allen is bad, obviously. He's also not going to complete zero passes. And at this point, the entire offense is Boyd and Higgins. Like, those are the only two guys who are really considerable threats in that offense. And, like, T. Higgins went 5 for 56 last week. That's not terrible, but it's also what, eight fantasy points. It's also not going to excite you, and unless he finds the end zone, I don't see how he has really a better game than that because since Joe Burrow has gone down, 56 yards is what he's topped out at. So it's it's not like it's a an offense that has huge appeal here. It's a terrible offensive line, and we're talking about two guys who were once stud wide receiver twos, and now people are. I think people are just trying to hold on to what they were and at this point just it's not who they are anymore and you really have to just move on as and play them as flex plays with low ceilings because that's what I view them as even in a game against Dallas 
in a good matchup. Maybe one of them ends up having a decent game. I just don't see how you could trust them as top 30 options or even like top 36 options unless you're really forced to. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? We Gucci, baby. All right. So that is the end of our first slate of games. It is playoff time, baby. Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. Mike. At BrotoFF Mike. And you can find me at BrotoFF Tim. See what we did there. Find us all at Broto Fantasy on Twitter and on Instagram. Reminder, Sat I mean Sunday. Uh, at around 11.30, we are going to be doing a live stream. We are going to be answering your questions, your start six questions. We are going to be analyzing. You guys know that we already answer so many start six questions uh, in the live stream all the time. Uh, we are going to have an opportunity to give you uh, those answers and explain to you why we're thinking them not just kind of give you names so check that out also patreon.com slash broto fantasy and broto fantasy.com for everything broto fantasy uh that is the end of this episode let's not do this with any further ado do uh let's get into episode number a uh, two two uh later peace